Welcome to the Black Woman No Sports podcast, everyone. I am here with Reverend Dr. Arika Johnson. Did I get that right? That's right. That's right. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you so much um, for taking the time out of your day to join me on my podcast. Um, I'm going to first start off by allowing you to introduce yourself to the audience because you wear so many different hats. And so I just want everyone to get to know you. <laughs> if you don't mind, the floor is yours. Well, that is true, Jaden. I do wear a lot of hats. Um, I am a minister of the gospel. That's my first, first really love. I'm a dedicated family member. I'm a philanthropist. I'm an entrepreneur, artist, and a lifelong learner. And I serve faithfully at the Word of Faith Family Worship Cathedral under the leadership of Bishop Dale C. Bronner. I'm presently uh, involved in strategic and organizational leadership for several nonprofit organizations. I have a uh, program that I have worked with children all over the world called POWER, and it's under the United in Christ Global Ministries Incorporated. I am also vice chair of the Presbyterian House, member of the Professional Football Players Mothers Association, and vice president and tre treasurer of the Calvin Johnson Jr. Foundation. And that is locally here in Metro Atlanta and Metro Detroit. And that organization was founded by my son in 2008, Calvin Megatron Johnson Jr. I own two corporations. One of them, I'm the full owner. The, the other one, I am a co-owner. And that's Education Transformation LLC. It's an educational consulting company designed for empowering parents, educators, organizations, and student excellence, known for transforming individuals so they can maximize their content and skills to become a quality difference maker, which we need in this world today. And also, I'm working on um the establishment of the national sports family lifeline with two co-owners dr christina johnson and sabrina butler and all of us have children who have entered the sports journey the model for this organization the national sports family lifeline is that self-value is not an option we need to know that we are valuable in god's sight I have degrees and certifications. I'm a doctor of educational leadership, master's of math and science, and I have a bachelor's in art education. I hold certification in project management, technology, educational leadership, early childhood and middle grades education. And you can see all these hats coming out. <laughs> I, I was so happy in 2021 when I received a minister's in training program certificate of ordination and ministers of the gospel certificate of license from Word of Faith Family Worship Cathedral and to include a certificate of ministry from the Antioch School of Church Planning and Leadership Development. And of course, just like our vice president, I am a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, making a difference for all mankind throughout the world. Um, I'm presently writing a book about my son's journey, his sports journey, and it's called Facts About Calvin Megatron Johnson Jr. And it's, just, it's a keepsake for inquiring minds because a lot of things that we're reading out there about Calvin, some of that stuff is not true. And I need to share the real truth. And so it will be coming out this year. I'm married, I've been married for 40 something years to my love, Calvin Johnson Sr. We have four children, Erica, Dr. Erica Johnson, she's a biomedical scientist. Calvin Jr., of course, is the Pro Football Hall of Famer of 2021 and three times NFL former wide receiver of Detroit Lions. And then I have a son, Dr. Wally Johnson, who's a surgeon at Vanderbilt. And my daughter, Elon, is a project manager. So that's everything in a nutshell. 
we're just going to hop right into it. Okay. I'm going to kind of touch on that you are a strategic and organizational leader for several nonprofits. Um, I want to know more about the Professional Football Players Mothers Association. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and what you do with it? Okay, the Professional Football Players Mother Organization is an organization for mothers who have, have sons who are in the NFL and who have played sports. Some of them have retired, but we're still there. And we provide service and support to all mankind. And we also develop programs to help our athletes, our sons to understand how to matriculate through the journey, through resources that we come in contact with. We have training available also. And my role, I'm, I'm a member and I'm a working bee. <laughs> I work now with the guidelines and procedures and making sure that everybody knows their roles and we're aligning everything to our bylaws. So I've been secretary, I've been vice president of the organization, public relations. So I've worn a lot of hats and I believe in this organization because it's for mothers who are just entering the NFL. And a lot of times you don't know the route to take. And this is a good starting point to join the Professional Football Players Mothers Association. When I was in the green room during the draft, the mothers came and introduced themselves. I read information about it and I joined. And I've been a member since 2007. So tell me, what is one thing that's impacted you from being a member of this organization? The one thing that has really impacted me is being able to shower and share love with one another. It's an environment where everybody can be themselves and everybody can share with one another some of the experiences they go through because not every mother or person that you meet in your workplace can really understand what's happening in your world with your son being in the NFL. Before we get into the next part, just tell me a little bit about what it's like to have a son in the NFL during that time. Um, how were your emotions? Just kind of take me through through having a son in the NFL. Well, having a son in the NFL, it was something that started, I guess, out of high school when his coach came to me, Rodney Walker came to me and said, you know, you have a special son here. And he was a sophomore then, and I think he put him into a starting position, which you know, starting a sophomore in the starting position and here you are, somebody has to leave their position. So that can cause some confusion, but everybody received Calvin well because he was a good person to be on that team. But just being able to be motiv motivated with your son and being a motivated leader to let him know that he can strive for anything he wants to strive for. And being observant and on board with the journey, the inputs and the outputs, whether bad or good, knowing that, you know, a lot of times you're going to have to trust people. Some people you may not know, but if they are experts in their field, you can trust them because they will lead you down the right road based on the history that they have behind them. With Calvin, we had to develop a team for him. We had to get an agent, we had to interview, we had to get a CPA, we had to get a lawyer. Everybody on that team, we didn't know, but we did research on each one and interviewed them to make sure they were aligned to Calvin. So it's, a, it was, it's an exciting journey to be a mother of an NFL player. It's rewarding and it's reflective. You're the vice president and treasurer of the Calvin Johnson Jr. Foundation Incorporated. Um, yeah. 
And that organization was founded by Calvin Megatron Johnson, as you were mentioning right. earlier. So um, kind of tell me just a little bit about that, um, kind of how that got into uh, play and all the things mm-hmm. that this organization does. We knew that he was a top player and he wanted to give back to the community. So we got the paperwork together. I did a a lot of the paperwork for him, talked to the right people and got the meaning of what he wanted to do in writing. And we were able to get it uh, approved by the secretary of state. And then we later got the charitable organization paperwork so we could take donations and build the foundation. So the foundation was started in 2008. And with that foundation, it was dedicated to education, training, and social development of at-risk youth, along with providing financial assistance to community organizations. And since its inception, the foundation has assisted hundreds of youth with limited financial resources. And that helped them catch their dreams on and off the field. We provided scholarships to six, every year since 2008, we've provided scholarships to six scholarly athletes. And these athletes received these scholarships because they didn't get a full ride. Because with the NCAA, they will not let you take money and you have a full ride. So it's no need of um, making that something as a criteria. So we just said that you have to have a partial scholarship. And we also bring them back every year for a conference, a scholars with a mission conference. That's Calvin's signature conference, where we ask the scholars, what do you need to know? What do you want to know? And we actually implement training sessions for them for a whole day. And Calvin and I do the blueprint transformation, which is helping them set smart goals in a different way that it becomes a part of them. And it constantly gives them an opportunity to transform throughout their journey. The vision is to foster social, economical, physical, and intellectual intergenerational change. Because once you touch one person in the family, they will touch the other people in their family. And soon you will see a change in the world. The mission is to change the mindsets of youth from struggle to survival, from poor self-esteem to excitement of life, from dependent thinking to goal setting, self-sufficiency, and from hopelessness to empowerment. And like I said, the goal is to assist youth with catching college and career dreams through participation in relevant, realistic, and rigorous initiatives during their progression to adulthood. And our model is simple, catching dreams. What was your first experience in sports like in any aspect? When I was in elementary school, I played basketball. I loved to play basketball at home and I loved to play basketball at school. So when I started playing basketball at school, I did it through recreation gym. And during that time, I found a love for it. So then I started practicing at home and also making sure that when I came to practice and I was sitting on the bench that I was watching the top players on their techniques. So then I was able to do the things I needed to do. And I ended up playing uh, basketball with the team and became a team member. And I also was able to, when I was in elementary school, we went from first to eighth grade, there was no middle school. So I played on that team throughout that journey. And then when I went to high school, I also played on the high school team. So that was something that it brought together a bond through the sisterhood, understanding how the plays work and being able to concentrate in the classroom and also concentrate on the basketball court. 
So I really enjoyed that experience. You talk about concentrating in the classroom and on the court. I know education is very important to you. So um, in terms of Calvin being a successful NFL player, how important was it for you to also make sure that, you know, um, grades and everything was in check while raising him? So the one thing about, I just want to share that we never concentrated on sports. Mm, okay. <laughs> I believe that sports was something for socialization. I felt like my kids needed to be involved in sports to get to know people, how they interact, and be able to uh, use that communication skills that they're building and relationship building skills in their life. So Calvin played t-ball when he was young, when he was four. And baseball was his first love. A lot of people don't know that. But he played baseball all the way through high school. And as a matter of fact, the reason why the coach, football coach, got Calvin on the football team was because he saw how fast Calvin could run during track. He, he ran track. Um, but on the baseball field, he saw that Calvin was um, able to do a lot. So he ended up drafting him from that arena to the football field. So he was able to um, really do a lot. Academics was very important. I didn't believe in C's. You know, my father always say, anybody can make a C, so you're just sitting there. But one thing about it is that they had to have the grades. All of my kids had to have the grades. If Calvin didn't have the grades, he could not play any sports. And Calvin was an honor roll student. He was well loved by all his teachers and classmates. But one thing about it, one time in middle school, he brought home a C. And guess what? I'm a tutor. I tutored my kids every day after school. I tutored kids in the neighborhood, but I wanted to make sure that they were tutored on things upcoming. So I told Calvin, no football or anything practice until you get your grades up. Next thing I knew, Calvin got his grades up in middle school. I didn't have any more problems with that. As a matter of fact, my son Wally, who's a doctor now, I, I don't know why he thought that I wanted him to play football when he went to high school. And he told me, he says, um, mom, here's a picture. He had a picture of himself. You know how the no smoking sign is? He put no NFL. And I'm like, I never told you to play that, but you know what? I said, that's great. He doesn't know that. I can use that on him because if he gets his grades down low, I'll tell him he's going to play football. He was a straight honor roll student also. But yes, grades were very, very much so important. Yes. Definitely. That's a great story. You don't have the grades, how are you learning? You right. can't learn to see. When you are in that classroom and learning and you are showing that you are learning academically, it's going to show in your progression, your matriculation in classes that you take. And Calvin, all of my kids took higher level classes. So yes, academics was very important. What made you want to get involved with the National Sports Family Lifeline? Well, there is so much I've learned through being a part of the Professional Football Players Mothers Association. There's so much I learned about things that people need to know that they don't know. They need to know the content, but they also need to know how to get it done. So I just started this organization with two other moms who were feeling the same way and thinking the same way. We wanted to help children understand going back to that model that self-value is not an option. And that, you know, the global world for children from childhood to adults continue to make significant impact on their lives. And, and it has made significant impacts on their lives 
but also transfer to other people. So we need to help them understand what type of impacts they're making, negative or positive. And we can do that through the National Family Sports Lifeline. And it also helps your, your uh, child understand how to research, also how to make sure that they are in the right company when they're around people. So it's like a, a researching and then they invite people to be in their their um their corner or in their presence. It's not like people invite themselves in their presence because they know their self-value and they select their friends because we know that friends do good things for us. Anyone leading us down the wrong road is not our friend. Okay. And I want to be able to provide those quality products and services along with my code team players that anchored Calvin while he soared to the top of his game on and off the field. Like I talked about the Destiny Blueprint, Smart Goals, the Biblical Reflection Journaling, services like parental, parental guidance, recreational activities that really benefit a child socially, emotionally, physically, and academically too. Building hobbies and spiritual guidance. And also the last thing is assisting athletes with obtaining the right mindset, making sure they know that self-value is not an option. Second Timothy first seven says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. What is some advice that you would give to other Black moms of NFL athletes or athletes in general during this time? Do not buy into negativity. Get away from it. You know, if someone's negative, you need to stay positive because you know that God orders your steps. And when you step out and you're venturing on your journey, whatever journey it is for your family involved with your son involved in sports or your daughter, you need not buy into negativity. And I, like I told Calvin, stay away from drugs and alcohol, you know, because when you're in a situation and people are trying to pump you with drugs and alcohol, they're trying to control you. And especially if you're an athlete, they know that you're going to make them a lot of money. So they want to have their income coming in all the time. So if they can get you hooked, guess what? They got you hooked. Keep your own mind. Don't let someone else have it. And always remember, a friend does not lead you down the wrong road. Eat right is very important. Exercise. Keep God first in your life and do what he tells you to do, not what you want to do. And last but not least, have integrity and character. That's something nobody can take away from you. And be humble. I do want to talk about the uh, intake that athletes have of drugs and alcohol and um, mm -hmm. kind of how they can get addicted to these painkillers. And now what mm -hmm. Calvin's doing now is um, I believe he's embracing medical marijuana and things of that nature, the natural plants and everything like that. I just want to know mm -hmm. kind of how you feel about that and um, do you think this is a, a great option for athletes instead of just being addicted to these painkillers? Mm -hmm. How do I feel about it? When I first heard about it, I was like, what is he doing? You know, and then I sat down and talked with him and he had a reason behind it. He had like a case study. He had um, his focus was mainly, you know, helping athletes deal with the pain on their off season. Also, he's um, working on performance products that do not have that, um, whatever that drug is that's inside the marijuana, they take that out. 
THC, I believe. THC, yes. It doesn't have that in there, but it's a cream that you can put on your body that really helps. I've used it myself. And if I'm having pain in my neck or in my back, I put a little bit on and it helps me tremendously. So I think what he's doing is really, really helping the world because he's working with universities, working in, with studies on how this can benefit athletes all around. And since he's been doing this, I can tell you that the NFL has approved, I believe, athletes to be able to smoke during their offseason. So that is a, a difference, too. So mm -hmm. I think what he's doing is very impactful. And yes, getting away from narcotics and all the other things that are bad for you, you know, is good. But with everything, with everything, we still have to take it easy, yes. you know. If you're like I told Calvin, if you're doing it for something that's good, do it. But if it's not about that, leave it alone. But I believe that he's definitely passionate about what he's doing because he's given it his all. And his partner, Rob, they work well together and they're they're very successful. They're doing very well. And Rob Sims, that was his teammate too. Yes. What is one of your favorite memories from any um, sports that you've been around, whether that's growing up playing basketball or being a part of the um, association with the football mothers? Um, just what is your favorite uh, memory? It goes back to Georgia Tech days when Calvin really became Megatron. Well, I know Roy Williams, his um, teammate named him Megatron when he became a part of the Detroit Lions, but he was in the making at Georgia Tech when he was playing against Clemson. I never forget it. It was on um, 9-11. The ball was thrown to him. And within 11 seconds, he caught the touchdown. And it was like a rainbow effect. It was the rainbow catch. A lot of sports people know what I'm talking about. But it was magnificent. And that's what stays with me. And another memory in high school was when they played Woodward Academy. They did not expect Sandy Creek to win. And in the last seconds of that game, three or four seconds, Calvin <laughs> called the touchdown. And that's when really Megatron started. So who are you outside of sports? Like who is Dr. Reverend Dr. Arika Johnson outside of uh, football? Mm -hmm. Well, like you said, I wear a lot of hats. Um, and yes, I am a minister of the gospel. I'm involved with my church. I work in doing community service projects with my church, reading Christian books to children at our partnership location. So it's a lot we do at church. When I'm called on to lead, I lead. I'm a faithful wife. I'm a loving and dedicated mother. Um, grandmother, I love my seven grandchildren. I'm a, I'm a dedicated daughter and sister, and I'm an artist. I can draw anything, paint anything, and the Lord is leading me back to my skill set to do Christian art and sports art. Mm -hmm. And I'm an author, writing books, publications, and, and I'm an event planner. I can plan any event for anyone, anytime, any day. And, and I believe... And I just want to say that I believe God guides my steps and provides more than 24 hours. I tell everybody, they say, how did you do all of that? I mean, it's so easy because it's like he gives me more than 24 hours a day to accomplish his plan for my life and mankind. So I just give it all to him. 
forgot to do my very um, thing that I like doing on this podcast, which uh -huh. is introducing with mental health advice. So we can kind of go into that, um, okay. into that, into that section real quick. Um, so do you have any mental health advice for the audience listening? Um, just, you know, because mental health is a, is a huge issue now. And I just want mm -hmm. to make sure that we all have, you know, some advice throughout our journey in life. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just going to be frank and honest with you. I'm a minister of the gospel, and I believe that God hears every desire of our heart. And if you are having mental issues, just understand that there is help. There are experts out there, and you need to seek those experts for that type of help because God has really put them in that place to help you. But at the same time, let God know what's going on with you. Pray to him, talk to him every day, ask him to give you the desires of your heart. If something's whispering, if someone is whispering to you and no one's in the room, you know, that sometimes can be something that you need to take to God for to deliver you from that. So once you leave your burdens with God, you have to leave them there and faithfully know they're there. But like I said, mental health is in different arenas for different people. And there are resources out there. And I'm not an expert on mental health. But all I know is that God is the final source. And I would say um, the same thing. I remember I was going through a lot of issues um, just with college and everything like that. And a lot of things were in my head and I couldn't really see the full picture. You know how things are just blurry in your head sometimes. But I remember I just went outside and I saw the birds chirping and I saw the trees and I felt the wind. And it made me realize that, you know, everything is going to be okay everything in your head is not reality and so when you see reality you're able to better um, appreciate it and um, focus more so on what is actually there and not what's in your head so that's I just wanted to and add that thing, that's excellent that's very reflective very reflective and, and everything around us is God created so you see the beauty right mm -hmm. yes we're going into how your mental health was maybe when you were um, at the games and you know you see Calvin maybe take these hits how did you mm -hmm. remain positive and at the same time you know um, realize that what your son is doing it could be a be a dangerous sport um, how did you navigate through that one thing about navigating through sports is knowing all about it is knowing that you're going to have some wins and some loses you are going to eventually get hurt and that did happen to Calvin. It was at a Philadelphia game, I remember. And of course, as a mother, you immediately take on this uh, protectiveness and you care about your child and you don't want anything to happen to him. But when Calvin was knocked out on the field, everybody in the stadium was saying negative and bad things. Because if you've ever been to that stadium, you would know what I'm talking about. But I just got up. Something got me up out of my seat. And my husband said, where are you going? And I said, I'm going where my son is. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, there are layers of security, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna tell you something. When I got up to the top of the stand, I asked one person, how do I get to the player's locker room? Everybody was like an angel opening up doors. Not one person resists me. I went all the way down to where my son was and mm -hmm. I saw him. And I was able to comfort him and let him know that everything was going to be okay. And that, you know, you need to rest and just let your body rest and don't try to get up there if you know you cannot play, but do whatever your doctors are telling you to do. But remaining positive, I knew he would be okay, especially just being able to get to him and just pray with him and let him know that things are going to be okay. 
Right. Well, that's beautiful. One more question I just thought about. Um, how did it feel to watch your son walk across the stage of the Hall of Fame? That was recent. That was in 2021. Um, and I remember being there and just seeing all the family, you know, <laughs> was just so excited. It was a great moment. I want to know from you how that felt watching that. It was sentimental. It was like a dream come true. It was just something that I think that every mother wants for their child who takes that sports journey. But I, I just felt like he would be there. A lot of people I talked to, like I said, that negativity, you got to get away from it. But I just knew in my heart that that's where he would be. And it was exciting. It was emotional for me because I was so happy and proud of him and his journey and what he has done and the man that he has become. That that was very touching. And that people recognize his worth, his value throughout the United States and the world. And that's that's what I'm talking about. That's that's building that relationship through socialization and communication. And I think he did a great job. It's all full circle. I love that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. About the book, facts about Calvin Johnson Jr., a keepsake for inquiring minds. Um, yeah. I'm interested in that. Uh, how can people, you know, when is that coming out? Uh, when can we prepare ourselves to buy it? You know, just tell us a little bit about well, it. Well, if, okay, the book is really talking about Calvin's journey. It talks about, first of all, where he was born, because like I told you, there's information out there that's not true about Calvin. And they, and my name, I'm his mother, Arca Johnson. It's not true what they have out there. But um, I wanted people to know um, where he was born, who are his parents. There's a section about his parents. There's a section about his siblings, a section about his cousins. There's a section about his spiritual growth. There's a section about um, the different levels of schooling. What happened in elementary is a lot of archive information and pictures. Calvin was an artist. He was drawing himself where he would be way back in elementary school. He was writing and saying with affirmation what he wanted to do in this book. He even did a little book in middle school. Everything he's doing now, he talked about in that book. He had goals on his mind at that young age because that was something we stressed. And then it talks about life during the NFL. It talks about life after the NFL. It talks about the draft. So it's a good book to have. It's like a tabletop conversation book. Like I said, a lot of pictures that you would love to really see a lot of his awards and a lot of the entrepreneur things that he did with companies is in there. Oh, wow. Well, I'm definitely looking mm -hmm. forward to that. Is there a release date anytime soon? I would say that if someone is interested, I would have them to contact me at um, scene. that's at gmail.com, A as in Apple, R as in Robert, I as in Igloo, C as in Cat, A as in Apple, S as in Sam, S as in Sam, C as in cat, E as in elephant, N as in Nancy, E as in elephant at gmail.com. Or they can call me at 248-719-0384. Well, thank you so much. You just gave me so much knowledge and as well, just like learning more about Calvin. Um, this was great. Is there anything else you want people to know about you before uh, this interview is over? 
I think you pretty much asked me all the questions, uh, you know, as far as what's next for me. Um, like I said, it's publishing a book that will be marketed soon. Facts about Calvin and Megatron Johnson Jr., a football legend, keepsake for inquiring minds. Uh, the successful global implementation of a corporation co-founded with two other sports moms, the National Sports Family Lifeline. So those are the things that um, that's next for me. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Jaden. Thank you for tuning in to the Black Woman No Sports podcast. To learn more about our speaker or to shop Black Woman No Sports apparel, head over to the links in my show notes. I'll see you next week with another very important guest.